Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is behind. We apologize. Uh, Patrick was out of town this last week, so uh, recording a podcast was difficult to do. But we are doing this on a Sunday because we care about you. About you. We are recording this on Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. And that tells you how dedicated we are to you guys. Yes. (laughs) It was more of, hey, can we do this on Thursday? No. Can we do this on Friday? Maybe. Okay, I definitely can't do it on Friday. Do you want to do it on Saturday? I can't do it on Saturday. You want to do it Sunday after the show? Okay. Done. Last chance we could really do it, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> um, thank you so much for uh, bearing with us here. And we are going to stick with our promise, mm-hmm. which was actually stick with both of our promises, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, a Baltic Porter episode this week and then a Trader Joe's episode next week. I just it's, talk- all, it's all set up and ready to go. And I'm really excited about the Trader Joe's. I just talked to my buddy. I was like, yeah, we're doing a Trader Joe's episode. He was like, on what? Like the frozen food? And I was like, no, they make beer. He was like, bull. They do not. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they do, dude. Yeah. He was like, I've never seen it. And I was like, you got to look, man. You remember how Trader Joe's has like sneaky names on stuff? Mm-hmm. They got sneaky names on stuff. Is it like special dark? Like the athletic brewing beer that wasn't a beer? No, no. But it's like, uh, like the easiest one that gives away is like Trader Jose, Mexican lager. Oh, <laughs> but then there's like Joseph Brow looks like the name of the brewery and it's a Hefeweizen, but it's just Trader Joe's beer. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they've got like fake names for all this stuff. Botswani Brewery that makes the hoppy beers. It's just all, oh, it's, it's just, just all it's them. It's just all Trader Joe's. But yeah. they make up fake brewery names. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it'll be fun. Why I have did... no idea how it tastes. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be double IPA for like five ninety nine a six pack. Oh, okay. <laughs> Boy, that's not a good sign. Uh, we'll get to that next week, though. But uh, this week, we will be doing Baltic Porters. I uh, I purchased this beer for us as a potential beer of the week, and it triggered Patrick's uh, beer brain to say, let's do an episode on it. It's uh, Von Ebert's and Tallinn, 
and it is a Baltic Porter. And uh, it's a style of Porter that I feel like doesn't get a lot of love mm. for how, I think, deep it can be in terms of flavors. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's the cool style because it's, it's a fun style to talk about, as we'll get into, because it dabbles in a lot of different worlds. Mm. Okay. So we'll get to that in a second. You can find this podcast most places you can find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Omni Stitcher, Odyssey app, 1080thefan.com, and then Instagram.com slash beers on us is our main hub. Uh, I did see that uh, a couple people said they liked the trivia. Mm-hmm. I just have to make it a little bit tougher on you. Or you can also be trivia master to me, which would be a lot more difficult considering my uh, my life has not been spent here except for the last 10 years. So uh, some if it's a lot of historical questions, I will not do very well on them. <laughs> if it is uh, if it is more current questions, I might do better. But uh, you guys seem to appreciate that. So that's the, we'll, we'll do more of those uh, as we move move through this year for sure. And um, yeah, DM us there. Any, anything you got? Any Any topic ideas you got or anything you want to discuss about what we've talked about? Feel free to DM us there. Weekend beer-wise, uh, nothing super spectacular for me. I got a four-pack of Breakside Classic IPAs. They've been very good. Um, I had one of those last night. It's it's tasting really it's good very right good now. Beer. And um, the one thing that I'm actually quite enjoying, and I know it's a little bit of heresy, but I got a 10-barrel beer Okay, that I had never seen before. And it is called uh, Winter Powell. And it is a stout. Okay. It's a winter stout. Okay. And it's in a it's it's a little box of cans. It's the you know the closed box off box. Of cans. Yeah, a little six okay. pack of cans in a box. And it's a really good stout. I'm sure it is. And it's one of those things where, you know, we don't want to support big beer as much on this podcast and mm-hmm. and, and all that. But sometimes I have this this little nugget in my head of when we went to OBAs. A couple of years ago, Ten Barrel killed it. And I think this last year in OBAs, Ten Barrel killed it. And yes, they're big beer, but in their <clears> one-offs, <throat> they still make really good beer. So when I saw this, I was like, I've never seen this before, which means this is a much smaller batch beer, and it's a stout, and Ten Barrel wins a lot of awards for their one, one-off one beers or small batch beers. I got to give it a try. I'm loving it. Yeah, that's a big shout out <clears throat> to Tanya down in Bend and Whitney in the Pearl. Um, those two are phenomenal brewers, and that's that's the tricky thing about that whole <clears throat> that whole concept is that yeah, I'm with you. I I don't like supporting big beer, but those two brewers are phenomenal. I mean, Tanya might be one of the best brewers on the West Coast, sort of thing, and Whitney's no slouch either. So they've got that serious powerful one-two punch in their pubs um and sean kelso out in ben for that or out in uh, boise for that matter too uh he's he's a phenomenal brewer as well so it's kind of like i've got to swallow a little bit of pride i guess a little bit because i do want to support and taste these wonderful beers that those three make it's just one of those things where i don't buy it normally uh-huh. and i just sat there and i was like Sometimes, sometimes it's okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's okay. So that's been my week in beer. I think that beer is really good. Um, I finished the red chairs that I had. And funny enough, my first two red chairs I didn't love. The last four, they were good. <laughs> You're kind of like, oh, I'm into this. I don't understand. Maybe it was where I was that day. Maybe, I mean, this has never been an issue with the shoots with like consistent bottling. Like maybe there is inconsistent bottling, but who the hell knows? 
I don't want to throw that out there as, as an accusation because I'm just spitballing, but th- the first two I did not love. And then I was like, all right, Red Chair, I got you. These, <laughs> these last few that I had, they, they were good. So that's been my week in beer. And um, I did have a, a migration single hop IPA at a, a restaurant a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I did the, I, I did the classic beer snob question now that I know to do is we sat at the bar, my girlfriend and I, and he read me off the beer menu and I was like, which is your freshest tap? Mm, nice. Which is your freshest keg? And he goes, we just tapped this migration single hop. I was like, then I'll have that one. Fired up, dude. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. Up. Whatever it is, give me that one. Because you know what? It's like a pizza place. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know how long that keg's been sitting there. Like, yeah. not everyone's getting beer with their pizza. So it's, it's an important question. It reminds me of this time I went to this not very busy, like 50, 50 tap beer house. Mm. And it was, it's never busy. And I was just like, oh, God. It's all old beer, It's right? all old beer. So I walked in and... And I asked, hey, what's the most popular beer on draft? And the guy was like, oh, I'm really digging this. I'm really digging that. I'm really digging this. I was like, that's cool, man. But what's your number one seller? And he goes, Boneyard RPM. And I was <laughs> like, I'll have one. Because <laughs> I knew it was going to be the freshest beer of any of them. Yeah, because it'll have been go- going through. Because you're going to be going through it. Yeah, I felt I felt bad for the guy. But, you know, you got to look at your surroundings. And you got you to gotta make a smart choice. And you got to know what's up. Uh, speaking of Boneyard RPM, my weekend beer, uh, I was in Bend uh, for a couple days on a work trip. Um, we had an event down there at a place called On Tap, um, which for Grains Creative of, name. I know. For Grains of Wrath is a top five account in the state of Oregon, so watch your mouth, Mike. <laughs> Wonderful human beings I will continue there. to make fun of the creative <laughs> name, but I'm sure they're great. Uh and so and so I was in Bend for a couple of days and I went and checked in on some accounts and just said hi and and walked around and talked to some people. And what I found is interesting in Bend that I didn't realize because most of the time I'm in Bend, uh, I'm going to Sun River, which I had dinner at on on a Tuesday night and had a bunch of beers. And man, oh, I had a, an Italian Pilsner that was great. Escape from Escondido, which is one of their most award winning one off IPAs. And I had a, a session IPA and they were all fantastic. Uh, and, and or I'll stop at Ben Brewing or Boneyard or something like that. Uh, but this I was I was there for tap rooms and bottle shops. And the interesting thing is that almost every place I went to is exactly the same thing. Oh, it's like this really cool wood structure in the center that's got like 30 beers on draft with tables inside and outside and outside has a fire pit and is surrounded by food trucks i shit you not i went to like six of these <laughs> they all look the same spread around different parts so of they're town. like breweries in portland kind of yeah it all <laughs> looks the same um and some of them had really good food carts and some of them were busier than others all depend on kind of the location some seemed a little more touristy some seemed a little more local um, and so that was fun to kind of bounce around. But yeah, the places I went to, there was Crosscut, um, which was one of those places like that. And then there was Cut Cross. <laughs> there was Crosscut. We had the event at On Tap. On Tap was really cool. And it was a Wednesday. We did bingo and they hosted grains and they had a bunch of our beers on. And uh, the place was slammed mm. on a Wednesday night. And this, I also learned that nobody in Bend works because nobody <laughs> does anything. They just drink beer and probably hit the mountain all day. Yeah. Uh, and then my favorite name for a, for a tap house that I've ever been to in my entire life because I had this sheet of like our top accounts in Bend. So I want to make sure I said hi to everybody. And one of our top accounts down there is called the Midtown Yacht Club. 
And I was like, oh, my God, these fancy, bougie people in Bend at a yacht club are our second biggest account in Bend. This is going to be interesting. Mm. No, just same thing. It was just called Midtown Yacht Club. It's a cool name. It's a really cool name. Yeah. had some really good Israeli street food uh, from there, too. Uh, so, yeah, and I was I was at one of these places. I won't name which one. I said, you got Boneyard RPM on, huh? He was like, yeah. And I go, oh, you you, you got you kind of over it? He was like, everyone in this town is over it. That works in beer. Mm. But we have to put it on because the customers all want it. Yeah. I'm like, why don't they just go to Boneyard then? He's like, no, because we want them to drink here. He's like, my owner wants me to put it on every four weeks, get a keg and put it on every four weeks, and I've stretched it to six. <laughs> and then I'm standing there in line, and the first three people in front of me are like, all of an RPM, all of an RPM, all of an RPM. That beer still just dominates Bend. It's still it's, good beer. It's wild. It's wild that it just absolutely dominates that town. Well, it dominates this town, too, to be honest yeah. with you. You just talked about it. it that, yep. that story you told was in Portland. Yep. The Bonehead RPM. Yep. Bonehead RPM. It, it reminds me of uh, when Colin Coward was really big on ESPN. I had a buddy say to me, he's like, man, I hate Colin Coward. Colin Coward's a sports radio host, for those that don't know. And he, my buddy was like, man, I really hate Colin Cowherd. And I was like, oh, really? I don't mind him that much. He was like, yeah, I hate him. Like, the other day, he said this and this on a show, and I was like, wait a sec. You hate him, but you listen to him? And he's like, well, yeah, everybody listens to him. And I was like, get out of here, man. Get out of here, dude. You can't be like, oh, I hate Boneyard RPM. I'll have a Boneyard RPM, please. Yeah. <laughs> please, dear God, give me the Boneyard RPM into my bones. No, but it was cool because those tap that tap house scene in Bend, all of it seemed very local-driven not tourist driven which kind of gives it a, a cool vibe i went to a butcher shop that had uh, a bar in it oh and that was awesome okay they had one of our beers on draft what and i was uh, like this place is cool they were like serious like ribeye cuts and did they have any like sliceable meats that they gave you to try no they did not mm. um they might have if i asked but i bought some like frozen fuzz stock that they made because they had like frozen stuff but fresh meats you went to a butcher shop and you brought frozen fuss stock? Well, yeah, because I don't want to make fuss stock. It takes like 24 hours. That is such a Patrick Harris thing. <laughs> Look at all of this meat. I'll have your stock for a soup. <laughs> Not just any soup, Mike. My a favorite fa, soup in the fa, world. Yes. Uh, uh, I'll have I'll have your stock for a Southeast, uh, Southeast Asian soup. <laughs> Do you want meat? Nope. No, I'll get that later. I'll get that somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get that at like Freddy's. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get my meat at Fred Meyer's. I'm going to get my stock from the butcher shop. And I understand that stocks have, you know, like bones of the meat in it. So it is a good place to get a stock. But come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went to uh, a Safeway and or an Albertsons and I don't know, they're the same thing. And got a six pack box of Stay West by Breakside. Ah, cans. small cans. Stay West, 12-ounce cans in a box. Very nice. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm seeing more of those lately. That was pretty cool. I don't love it because it hides the can dates. This is true. <laughs> you have to open the box, check the date, and then either buy it or leave an open box on the shelf. Yeah. See, I knew that it was fresh because I'd never seen it before. Mm. So I was like, ooh, that's going to be fresh. And I bought a stout, so it didn't matter. Yeah, you so did. So I was, I was safe. Um, all right, let's get into the topic of the week, and that is Baltic Porters. We do have the Night of Tallinn poured in front of us from Von Ebert. Both of us have taken sips from it. And let me tell you, when I say depth of flavor in a porter, this is uh, right up there at the top in terms of things that you're getting because you get kind of the sweetness that you, you would assume would be in a Baltic Porter right off the top, and that back end is chocolatey as all hell. 
It was like really, really like, oh, I'm Baltic Porter. And then I got the back end of the the sip and it was sitting there for a bit. And all of a sudden I got like chocolate bar. And I was like, oh, I like this beer a lot. And the can's awesome. Yeah, 7.4% decocted for flavor maximization. Uh, there's a really cool, and you can see it in the lacing on the beer too, in the, in the, in the glass, there's a really cool creamy quality to it. Mm -hmm. Not in like a lactose creamy, but just in like a smooth, I don't know, like layered kind of way. Uh, this beer is excellent. Yes. I think this beer is fantastic. (laughs) Um, and I think what's interesting that I've learned as, you know, as we'll get into kind of the history of Baltic Porters, what I've learned is Baltic Porters, they're not... Like a highly sellable beer. Like, let's just be honest here, you know. If you're thinking porter, somebody wants like a Black Butte porter or a Capella porter, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Baltics, they're higher in ABV, you know. No they're, mass sweet, pro- they're sweeter usually. Yeah, no mass producers really making them. There are some out there, but not a ton. Not like Black Butte porter. Yeah. Um, But what I've noticed that when brewers decide to make a Baltic porter, because Mike is guilty of this at Grains of Wrath. He's the same way. They're, they get really giddy about it. It's kind of like, oh, I'm going to make this big bad boy. Is it going to sell? No, God, no. It's not going to sell at all. But, <laughs> but I'm going to be happy But I it. can't wait to make it. <clears throat> you know, the boys have been gearing up at, at Grains for World Beer Cup beers to submit. And, you know, they're going to submit their Baltic Porter. And it's the same thing. I'm like, guys, really? Can you make a 10-barrel batch instead of a 20-barrel batch? They're like, nope, we're making a 20-barrel batch. I was like, guys... I can't move 20 barrels of, of Baltic Porter. They're like, sucks to be you, man. And then I know what's going to happen. It's going to tap and be like, hey, you guys want a Baltic Porter? They're like, God, no. I don't want that. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell are you doing to me over here, Why man? did you make this, then? Why did you do this to me? So I think it's one of those like old classic styles that I think brewers get really giddy about making. I'm sure there are plenty of brewers out there or beer, beer heads out there that would crush Baltic Porters, but it's not... Uh, it's not usually high on the list. Well, that would be me. I mean, I would <laughs> I would crush Baltic Porters for sure, and if it was like this one, I would have plenty of them. I know, and this is still pretty fresh, early January. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this this beer, I mean, unless there's any canning issues with oxidation, I mean, this beer is going to be fine for... Six, eight, nine months. Yeah. A year, maybe even, yeah. you know. Uh, and that and that's what's kind of cool about it, and that's that's kind of where we'll transition into kind of the base stuff, like your, your porter, your classic British porter... You know, or your Americanized porter um, are all ales. Yeah, think about Sam Smith's. Yeah, as your classic British. Yeah, your classic British Sam Smith, your classic American Black Butte. They're all ales. The Baltic porter are lagers. Hmm. So you're basically using, you know, kind of your same materials, your same kind of ingredients, but you're using lager yeast and fermentation, and that's a going to help create that longevity. But B is probably what's giving it that crushable flavor, that that creaminess that I'm getting. From it because it's been lagered and it's spent more time in the tank than that. Um, they tend to be bigger beers than porters. Um, you know, I, like for example, this is seven four. I think ours will finish around eight. Um, so they tend to be b- bigger beers. And the whole story about it was it got popular in Britain. You know, hundreds of years ago because when they were trading to the Baltic states, that's what they take with them because it was bigger and badder and easier to to maintain and mm-hmm. took longer to ferment. So by the time they got to the Baltic states to trade them, um everybody was massively in love with them. Gotcha. Now I don't know how, I don't know how well that translates into today's age. Um but I mean I I know I'm biased because I live in America and I live in the Pacific Northwest, but you know, leave it to the Americans to take 
you know, that classic English style and run with it. Yeah. Um, you know, we we did it with English IPAs and we created a monster. You know, we took, <laughs> I would argue we bastardized Vienna lagers and, uh, you know, which is European, not British, but bastardized Vienna lagers and turned them in, and Dunkles and turned them into amber ales. But I mean, Americans take stuff and... For the majority of the time, they do really well at it. I, I I think especially the British thing, and it could be that long lineage of Americans being, a, a majority of Americans, I should say, being post-British. Is there, and this is not specifically a Baltic Porter question, but is there something that the brewery industry could do to better promote these kind of niche style of beers to get people more willing to try them? Like, you say nobody wants to drink a Baltic Porter. Yeah. And that's hard for me to understand fully because it's a style that I very much adore. Mm -hmm. But like me as a beer drinker, I'm like Baltic Porter. I know what a Porter is. What's a Baltic Porter? That's interesting. I'll try that. But it sounds like most people are like Baltic Porter. I've never heard of that. I'm going to go with Boneyard RPM. Well, I think I think a big part of it is you see. I mean, a Porter Stout tells you, whoa, big, heavy beer. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not. That's why I love about, like, I mean, a, a regular ale porter um, is not a huge full body. No. Um, you know, that's why I love the surgence of the dark Czech lagers or the Schwarz beers, because you're still getting that cool, roasty, full mouthfeel without the heaviness of the body. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, I think some of it is just like ABV. I mean, the Baltic Porter is, you know, a child between a British Porter and a Russian Imperial Stout. I mean, is a Russian Imperial Stout ever going to be super popular? No. Yeah. So. But it's, you're in a realm of beer that's very flavorful. mm -hmm. But the two that you just mentioned are, in my opinion, some of the most deeply layered of that style. Sure. You know, yes, it's higher ABV, but you've got a sweetness that isn't like if it's made well isn't cutting through the entire beer it's there and then you get whatever notes they want you to get in that beer afterwards like we're getting with this one there's sweetness off the top there's a stickiness to it right mm-hmm. when you drink a russian stout finishes dry when you drink a, a baltic porter you expect a stickiness mm-hmm. immediately but this one doesn't finish that way it cuts it out almost a, like 30 percent of the way through the sip it's gone and that's it's a good it's a good comparison yeah i think i think it's 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 all perception based, you know, like I usually stay away from Russian Imperial Stouts because I'm like, ah, oh, that's going to be really sweet. And you know me, I, I don't, if I'm going to go sweet, <clears throat> give me that, <clears throat> excuse me, give me that lactose milk sugar. Right. If I'm going to go sweet, right. that's how I'm going to do it. Uh, and so I think that's where worries. I th- yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's just all, it's all perception and it's not a sexy style. So a bartender's not going to really push it. Well, then how, how do we get it so that it's. Not just so niche. If it, like, if this beer is as good as it, good as it is, and it is, mm-hmm. this is a very well done beer, right? Shouldn't more craft beer drinkers be wanting to try it as opposed to being nervous to try it? Sure, I think I think one thing that could help is a format thing. You know, is can I get an eight ounce pour? Mm-hmm. Can I get an eight ounce can? You know, I know that's crazy, like those little Coke cans, mm-hmm. you know, the little ones. But, I mean, maybe that's the future of some of these styles and beers. Because, like, this beer is fantastic. And I would very much drink a 16-ounce of this Baltic Porter from Von Ebert. But would the average beer drinker want 16 ounces of a Baltic Porter? I guess not. I don't know. So I'm saying maybe you have to dumb it down to the consumer in that kind of way. Well, that's where you get all the styles that aren't real styles, right? Yeah. you like, this is a blank. And it's like, is it, though? <laughs> yeah. 
So it could be just a format thing, yeah. you know, and and you know, and brewers know this, and maybe we need to inform the public a little more too that this beer is going to last. So you have to make this beer knowing this beer is going to last, mm-hmm. and I think that's an okay thing. Yeah. Is there anything else with uh, with Baltics that you had in your notes there? No, not really. Just that this this beer is a brewer's kind of beer. Yeah. I mean. I always say brewers love the lager resurgence right now because that's what brewers always want to want to drink. Yeah. But I think these are the kind of beers that brewers want to make. Is there another style like this that is beloved by brewers but is just like, eh, in terms of the consumers that you can think of that's similar to a Baltic sure. Porter? Um, gosh, it's probably got to be like a like a Goza or something in that realm. Yeah, level, yeah, or or like maybe a true Bavarian Hefeweizen. Yeah, um, I think. I think things like Vienna Lager and Schwarz beers and Hellas were probably like that for a while. By the way, you mentioned dark style beers. I did have one yesterday. I forgot to mention it in Weekend Beer. It was the Ex Novo where the wild things are uh, can art. Oh, yeah. And, I don't uh, know if I've seen that one. It's it's new. I, I was very lucky. I went to Market of Choice yesterday, and it was new, and there was one left. <laughs> so clearly people <laughs> so went there like, and got okay. it. Yeah, it's uh, it's not called where the wild things are, but it's where the wild things something mm-hmm. and um, cool can art, and uh, it was a dark style English ale, really good. Yeah, really well balanced, really good. So I, you know, I think some of those are now styles that are a little more acceptable, a little more exciting. You know, I think Hellas is there's a big reason that Hellas is big right now, and that's probably Wayfinder. You know, their flagship beer is Hellas Lager, and I think that's opened the door for Hellas a lot. You know, I think Vienna is there. Schwarz is there to to a point. Right now, every tap list I see, everybody's got a Grzitzki right now. Chuckanut has one. Steeplejack canned one. Von Ebert has one. I don't know what that is. Me neither, man. (laughs) Me neither, dude. Grzitzki. Grzitzki. Yeah, it's like a European-style beer that I know nothing about. Wow. That's rare. I can't even pronounce it. I don't know how to spell it. Uh, people talk to me about it, and it just goes one in here and out the other. Well, then maybe we should do an episode on it then. Maybe we should. Maybe we'll get the kids from Steeplejack to tell us all about okay. it. Okay. You know? <laughs> um, drink Baltic porters, people. But yeah, I think it's just an evolution. Like, I think for the longest time, when it came to lagers, it was Pilsner and Kolsch. Kolsch isn't even really a lager, but it was but, but it was portrayed for lager drinkers. And after a while, the other styles started creeping in, and maybe this is one of those that just needs time. Yeah, it's not one that I see very often. Maybe it's like our kids who are going to be a lot more a lot more exposed to craft beer than we were from our parents. It's like, my dad's like, man, that Negro Modelo is an excellent beer. And I'm like, yeah, it is, Dad. Do you know anything about it? He's like, nope, but it's at the store, and I love it. Yeah. To where you and I, when we're old men, telling our kids... You know, or they're telling their kids or your friends or stuff, we're going to be pretty knowledgeable about beer. Yep. And not in like a snooty way, but like, oh, yeah. Hey, son, take you up for your first beer. You should try this pale ale. It's really good introductory. Are you winning, son? Are you winning, son? Yeah, dad. Um, Yeah, the uh, my dad drank Sam Smith's is what mm-hmm. he drank. So that was that was kind of his wheelhouse. But he loved dark beer. So mm-hmm. maybe the, the apple doesn't far, fall too far from the tree on right. that one. Um, Yeah, I guess... I, I, I always try to push this, and I, I, I try to do it for myself as well, is go out of your comfort zone, guys. And if you're listening to this podcast, I imagine you probably go out of your comfort zone. But <laughs> maybe maybe instead of saying that, I should say get one of your beer friends to go out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Pu- push the comfort zones a little bit because you don't need to get the same beer every time you go out somewhere. It is a, it is a wonderful world of interesting styles that you can find. And... Uh, you never know until you try if you're going to like it or not. And if you do want to get a classic one that is very easy to find of a Baltic Porter, 
the Black Boss. Mm, yeah, uh, it's in <clears throat> bottles, five hundred milliliter bottles. I'm pretty sure, and it is from Poland. It is the Polish Black Boss Baltic Porter. Uh, we've had it on the podcast before. Yeah, it is very good, very well done. Uh, it's at New Seasons. It's at uh, John's Marketplace. It's at bottle shops. It's it's well distributed here. You can find it. If you want to try a classic Baltic Porter, that is certainly one I would go for. Excellent. If you want to try a, a <clears throat> local one, this one is delightful from Bonnie Root. Yeah, go Baltic Porters. I mean, I, you know, I, you know me, I'm not the biggest dark beer drinker, but the Baltic style of probably outside of, outside of milk stouts is probably my go-to dark. Mm. If, if I were to have a go-to dark, and I'm not going to count the dark lagers. I'm not going to count Dunkel and Schwarz because I'll take those over everything any day, mostly because ABV. Uh, but yeah, when you get up to the bigger, the bigger boys, you, you can't say no to a Baltic because, especially if someone's packaging. If someone's packaging, it's because they know it's good. They're not just going to package a bad Baltic porter. True that. Very, very true. Because they don't, they move the same. Right. <laughs> you're like, you taste it. You're like, oh, we got to put this in cans. Yeah. As opposed to this will be at our pub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for the Baltic Porter segment. Let's get to beer of the week. You said you have a beer of the week. I have a beer of the week. It okay. is February. It is February. And that matters how? That matters. Okay. It's a big month, thanks to a dude named Vinny. Oh, God. Oh. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember Safe Word. (laughs) I remember it. Happy February. Happy February. (laughs) I remember it at Zwickle, (laughs) at Milwaukee Breakside. We had already had a bunch of beers, and out comes the snifter of Safe Word. (laughs) And boy, did I not need that beer. Happy February. Um, we'll get to, I have to steal myself for this. <laughs> we'll get to that next. This is Beer Sun House with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time! Here on Beer Sun House with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. What do we have in front of us that is going to make us regret recording two podcasts in one day? Well, (laughs) it's February. It is February. And due to a man named Vinny in northern central California, uh, February is unofficially triple IPA month, Mm. as that is when Pliny the Younger is released. Yes. Now, I do not have my hands on a bottle of Pliny the Younger, nor do I know how, <laughs> nor am I going to. So don't ask. I don't know. He's I, lying to you. Ask I, him. I do know that Pliny the Younger has surfaced on tap in Portland. Uh, I know Vesa had one. I know Apex had one. Uh, I'm sure Monger's got their hands on one. I'm sure Belmont Station got their hands on one. Maybe John's as well. Uh, I don't know. I've heard, I've heard the rumor that bottles aren't going to be bottled until early March. Um, so I don't know. So, but to celebrate Triple IPA Month, I did want to bring in a Triple IPA. Now, not many people bottle or can these. Yeah. Um, and ones that do, I am like terrified to buy one and take a shot at it. <laughs> so I'm going to play the honk here. Uh, I have Grains of Wrath Triple IPA here called Spoils of War. Which is canned. Which is canned. Um, we did, only did 60 cases, so there's not much. Okay. You can go to either location and get some, and there's a little bit out in the wild, too. Um, but triple IPAs, I don't know why they're a thing. <laughs> People um, want bang for their buck, right? Yeah, it's a little, you know, dogfish head, 120 minute. 
um, you know, or 180. I don't know if they do 180. I don't remember. I think it's 120. And Pliny the Younger and such like that and uh, stuff like that. Safe word from Breakside. And I think Stormbreaker does a triple IPA. I think this year I heard Ruse and Wayfinder did a collab on a triple IPA. This triple IPA is hop flavors and aromas of resin, mango, passion fruit, and mandarin orange. Yeah, and I think the boys threw everything at this. The Holy Trinity, uh, 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 Nelson, Nelson Sauvin, and some Nectaron. Boy, this is... Um, I think there might be some Waimea in this, too. Look at that color. Right? It's like orange yellow. Right? As opposed to, like, clear yellow. Ooh. Is this a color triple IPAs normally get to? To me, it looks like a West Coast IPA. Mm, okay. To me, it looks like a full-bodied West Coast IPA. And the reason I wanted to bring this down is because I find this beer terrifyingly drinkable. That's a triple, my friend. Yeah. You take your first sip and you're like, ha, ha, I'm getting into a triple IPA right here. I poured myself too much in this glass. Um, it's 10.5%. 10.2. And it hits you like a truck immediately. Yeah. It is the the high ABV sweetness that mm-hmm. is just naturally in these beers. It's right there at the beginning. It's there. You it's take there. the you take the sip and you're like, whoo, okay. Um, you should have tasted this thing off uh, off the canning line on Monday. It got canned. This is less than a week old. Yeah, and it got canned on Monday, and we were smelling it fresh out of the tank. Holy goodness, that alcohol sweetness wasn't really there. Hop character just exploding, which I think it still is. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's tough. We I even side by sided this with our double IPA that we have on draft, and uh, the double tasted boozier. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So I think even though that this does have some alcohol sweetness to it, I don't think it tastes like 10%. No, it doesn't. And I think this also gives you incredible hop flavor for being what it is. You know, like you said, you threw so many hops in here. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, they, they lead you with the flavors in the cans, but I mean, it's it's got a really good fruitiness in the middle of the, of the palate. Yeah. It's a cool beer. Yeah. It's cool beer. Now everybody does triple IPAs in February, just all because of Pliny the Younger. I Which wish... is a good beer. It's a great beer. Is this another one of those things like Baltic Porter, like people would never buy triple IPAs, so not a lot of people can them? Oh, I think a lot of people would buy triple IPAs. Okay. I think it's different. Uh, I think a lot of people don't make them and don't package them because they're really expensive to make. Mm. They're really expensive to make. We get terrible yields on it. So, for example, like in a 20-barrel batch of an IPA, I'll lose, I don't know, maybe a barrel and a half due to transfers, dry hopping, you know, et cetera, the the sludge at the bottom and things like that. Um, This triple IPA, I think I lost four and a half barrels on. Mm. And so... Just because there's that much more going on. Yeah, because there's that much more going on and that much more hops and, you know, that much more body to it and alcohol. and, And so I think if you were to do this year round... Uh, I think it'd be a very expensive four pack and a very expensive keg. Although I don't know, I feel like Boneyard does notorious all the time. Yeah. Um, and Pliny gets to be Pliny because people sell it for five hundred bucks a bottle on the internet. <laughs> Is that how high it's gone up? I have no idea. That's just what I assume. I'm not really in the in the, in the trade game these days. I thought you said you were gonna try to. Uh... Yeah, and that then didn't it, happen. And then it got really exhausting. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there's some really terrible people out there, and they all want to trade really terrible beer. Ah, uh, 
And it's like, check out this thing from this crappy brewery. It's so bomb. And I'm like, there's 75 beers of that style made in this town better than that. Yeah. And you're like giving up a really good beer from here for yeah. that. Yeah. And they think that it's a fair trade. I'll trade you this Wayfinder Hellas for that King Sue Hazy IPA. And I'm like, vomit. Vomit <laughs> all over me right now. <laughs> yeah, I think we're just spoiled here, man. That's all it is, man. We're just very, very spoiled. Yeah, we're just lucky. It's going to be... Uh... It's going to be tough if any of us move out of here eventually. Yeah. Like any of you listeners ever move out of this region to go somewhere else to just realize the beer desert that exists out there. And it's getting better. I mean, there are plenty of places that have a ton of breweries. The problem is, is that a lot of those breweries are not fully uh, up to snuff yet. Think about this. The tier three in terms of quality breweries in this town are tier ones would dominate in other towns yes absolutely dominate yes and people will be trading wayfinder hell for that crap yep (laughs) (laughs) yes they would all right well that's gonna do it uh i like this a lot this uh it's funny that you said it had almost no sweetness off the line because boy i feel like there's a lot of sweetness in this beer maybe i mean you're naturally gonna have some maybe my palate is hitting it's hitting me a little bit different today too because you're like it's really drinkable i don't know if i find this as drinkable as you do (laughs) that's awesome like i'm like I could have one of these. You're not crushing a four-pack, bro? Nah, bro. <laughs> nah, bruh. Like back in the days, the old sticky hand days. Oh, man, I got a four-pack of this triple IPA. Let's drink it all now. Well, <laughs> I did. Uh, I don't know if I should tell the story or not. Um, <laughs> do it. Yeah, I'll do it. it story. Is, story. I mean, it's it's not like a fun story. It's just It literally just happened a uh, couple well, weeks then, ago. Then don't tell it. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Let's hear it. It was just a couple weeks ago. I bought a... Uh, it was a it was a birthday party for a friend. Invited a couple people over to their place. Bring your own beer if you want. Specific beer, we'll have some light sure. beer for you if you want it. I always bring my own. Um, there was not a lot of great options when I went to go find myself a little four-pack. I got myself sticky hands. Oh, nice. And I had two sticky hands, as well as a white Russian <laughs> and a bourbon. And then I smoked some weed. <laughs> and let me, up, t- <laughs> let me tell you that that was a mistake <laughs> for a couple of reasons. One, I had yet to eat dinner. <laughs> this gets better and better. I went to this place assuming they would have food, which they did, but it was more like hors d'oeuvre snack food. Boo tray. Yeah. It was like, hey, make yourself a cracker with meat and cheese. <laughs> Great, I'll have four of those, and then have two sticky hands, because especially you need like fifteen of those. Well, I needed that, yes, but you know, I'm not eating the entire thing that's laid out for the party, and half of these people I know loosely, so I kind of have, I have to lo- loosen myself up a little bit when I go to social events with people I don't know, uh-huh. just to get myself a little bit more comfortable, and so I was, just, I was just drinking the sticky. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like, this is the beer I brought. I'm going to drink it. Had the first one. Had the second one, probably within like an hour and a half, maybe an hour. It gets better, right? <laughs> and I should not have done what I did. Should not have done what I did. Do you did. think it was it the weed? It was. <laughs> it always is. Well, the thing is, I was feeling fine. <laughs> it always is. I was feeling so fine. So I was like, you want to hit this? And I'm like, yeah, dude, sounds great. Oh, God. But <laughs> I had three hits and whatever. Right? It's not yeah. a ton. No, no. And my roommate looked at me and goes, Mike, you need to stop. <laughs> Because he he gets particularly strong for himself. Yeah. And I was like, what? I have three heads is fine. Yeah. And then like 10 minutes later, 
I stood up and I was like, oh no. <laughs> well, I like I went out into the I didn't I didn't vomit, but I went out into like the cold because I was getting hot. And I was leaning over. Start spitting? I did not know. <laughs> that's always the telltale sign well, that, for that's me. The, that's the Buffalo Bill story, which I've told before. Yep. Uh, spitting at the stadium and getting thrown out. Um, but uh, no, it was just, uh, it was about 30 minutes of too much. <laughs> and you know why it was too much? Is because the beer I chose was Sticky Hands <laughs> and not like a, a sessionable IPA. <laughs> I had two Sticky Hands in an hour and a half a nice, and I felt normal. Nice Heater Allen American Pilsner. Yeah. <laughs> if I had done that and smoked a couple of hits, I probably would have been fine. <laughs> but the Sticky Hands... And then, also, and then the White Russian. I don't think you needed the White Russian. That's what I was They were say. making White Russians. What am I supposed to say? No. I think a little bit of bourbon is fine for the White Russian. You should have known that was a bad idea. Yeah. I haven't been to a party in years, man. I was just like, let's go. Let's have some fun. It was too much fun. White girl wasted over here. Yeah, it was. It was it, that was the case. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. My shame is now... Uh, <laughs> In, Official. In, in public for all of you to hear and, and judge. I'm sure you've all been there at some point, so please don't judge me too harshly. Um, we'll be back next week. We're going to be doing a takeover that's not a takeover, yeah. but is a takeover with a beer that is probably going to be terrible, but maybe not. Maybe not. Who knows? Let's find out. Let's find out. Trader Joe's takeover, but not next week. Uh, like, subscribe, rate, review, download wherever you find us. We'll see you then. Keep safe. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.